All right, we're it's day 21. You made it. Now, I know you're really cheering because you love the Lord, all right? That's why you're cheering, not because this is the day you get to eat again. But we've been doing this 21 days of prayer and fasting for some specific reasons that we've been talking about in this series called Habits. We saw in Jesus how he had habits. He had customs. He had inward spiritual disciplines like prayer and fasting and reading the word. And as we develop those disciplines in our life, I told you at the beginning of this, which I just can't believe 21 days is already here. It's like it's almost flown by. I know that first week is tough, but then you kind of get in this rhythm because you just sense God moving in your life. And I don't know what you fasted from, but if you did, then I pray that you sense that. Like I, I promised you that you would return in the power of the spirit when we develop these disciplines. And we've seen just some amazing things happen over these last 21 days. You've, you've heard some of the, the stories of kids trusting Christ. And just this last week, on day 17, I believe it was, of our prayer journal, you know how we were praying through every day for a specific thing? Well, on the day that we were praying for our schools, because we believe in our schools, we believe in our teachers, our administrators, and God has given us favor with schools, and so we love that, we wanna serve our schools. And so on the day that we were praying for our schools, Pastor Chad was in Jasper at the Pickens County FCA and he spoke that morning and 40 students trusted Christ that morning. 40, I mean, come on, yeah. And, and what are the coincidences that that would happen on the day that we're praying for the schools? There is no coincidence. I'm telling you, when we develop the disciplines of praying, of fasting, of reading the scriptures, God will move in our life. And today we're gonna break the fast or finish the fast by taking communion together. You know, we celebrate two primary ordinances as a church, communion and baptism. The reason why we call them ordinance and not sacraments is an ordinance is obedience to a command. Christ commanded us to do this in remembrance of him, to take communion, which is also his example. He took communion, he was also baptized. And so communion is something that we do reoccurringly. We do it about four or five times a year, kind of corporately here as a church. That'll fluctuate some. But we're praying and, and strategizing to how to think of, of incorporating that even more. And, and one of the ideas that we've come up with, with hopefully, hopefully we can roll out soon, is just having some communion stations in the auditorium in both locations. And you could take communion any Sunday that you wanted to, just as a response to what God has done. And so... Communion is ongoing. There's no command in the Bible how often to do it. It's just to do it. To where baptism is a one and done thing. Baptism is you're going public with your faith. You're telling the world, yes, I have trusted Christ. I'm identifying myself with Christ. I'm being baptized. I'm, I'm dying. And then I'm coming back to life again. And I always joke, we do it in water because that's easier than dirt, right? I mean, the idea of it is, is yes, I've died to myself and I've raised to new life in Christ. And obviously the water symbolizes, it's a symbol. It doesn't save you. It symbolizes the fact that we're clean. And so we're going to celebrate that later in the service as well. But as we prepare for communion, I want to read a couple of scriptures to you. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke 22 if you want to follow along. As always, it's here on the screen. But Jesus, as he was facing, obviously, his imminent death, he brought all of his disciples together in the upper room, and they had what is now called the Lord's Supper or communion. And in Luke chapter 22, verse 14 and 15, it says this. And when the hour came, he, being Jesus, reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. 
So Jesus is saying, I'm earnestly desiring to do this, to which I would think that we are today thinking, yeah, I'm earnestly desiring to do this too, right? So I can get back to eating. Um, but Jesus was earnestly desiring to do this for a far different reason. Jesus obviously knew what was coming after this because this bread, this wine was going to symbolize his body and his blood that was gonna be broken for them. And so Jesus desired it for a different reason. And so as we prepare to take communion, I just want us to stop and take a moment to self-examine and say, why do we desire to take it? Do we desire to take it? Because these symbols, this bread, or in our case, this wafer, this juice, we, we desire to take it because these symbols represent who our faith is in. They represent Christ. And so we want to take it as a way to celebrate him, as a way to honor him, as a way to say, thank you, Jesus, for your body literally breaking for us and your blood being shed for us. And so before we take it, I just want us to ask that simple question of ourselves. Why would we desire to take it? And invariably, there's going to be two groups of people here. One, there's a group that you haven't trusted Jesus yet. And I, and I just want to be honest with you because I love you. This is really for believers. And so if you haven't trusted Christ yet, I don't want you to take it because then you're just heaping condemnation on yourself. You're saying, I'll take the symbols, but I don't trust them. I don't trust in who they point to. But I'm gonna pray in just a second, give you an opportunity to trust Christ, to, to let you know that that symbolizes his body, his blood that was broken for you. And so before we take it, I want you to earnestly think, man, why would I wanna take this? Because I don't even believe in this but I'm gonna give you an opportunity to believe. And then there's the second group that you do believe, but maybe you've just been rushed and hurried and, and the best thing in the world for you to do is to stop and self-examine again, seeing God, is there any sin I need to confess of? Is there anything I need to repent of? Is there somebody I need to forgive or seek forgiveness from somebody? And so before we take communion, let's just take a, a moment, let's pray and let's ask why we desire to take it. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for what these symbols represent. I can't imagine the burden that Christ felt on this night, knowing his body was gonna be broken and his blood was gonna be poured out. But God, thank you that he did it willingly. As he said, nobody takes his life from him. He lays it down for his friends. And so God, I pray right now for anybody in the house who's never trusted Jesus. Pray you'd save them so that when they take communion, they can take it in faith saying, I'm trusting in what these represent. So nobody looking around or talking, if you've never trusted Christ before, there's never been a point in time in your life where you said, I am trusting Jesus to save me, forgive me. Then I'm gonna lead you in a prayer right now to do that. So if you want to trust Christ right there where you are, I just want you to pray with me to yourself, not out loud. We're not trying to embarrass you. And it's not even necessarily the prayer that saves you. This is just me introducing you to him. This is you talking to him, confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart. So if you want to trust Christ for the first time, pray this with me. Say, God, thank you for loving me. That you sent your son, Jesus, to die in my place for my sins. I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me. Now, nobody looking around or talking again, if you just prayed that, 
I want you to do one thing for me before we take communion, just again, so we can know and celebrate with you. But if you just prayed to trust Christ, right there where you are, nobody looking around or talking, would you just simply lift your hand so we can see that? So we can know that? Thank you. We got some men and women gonna walk around, put a gift in your hands, a Bible, some follow-up resources. We just want you to know about Christ that you just trusted. And so when you get that, you can put your hand down. And then those of us who have trusted Christ, now maybe that was just you. Let's stop for a second and ask, is there anything in me I need to confess? I need to examine. Why do I want to take this? And so we're saying again that we are sinners, but Christ is a great Savior. Father, I pray that as we take this communion, we would be reminded of your grace toward us in Jesus. Amen. Do you take out the elements at this time? What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna continue reading in Luke 22, and we started this the last time we did communion. It says he took the bread, and then he gave thanks, and then he broke it. And so when I get to that point when it says he broke it, I want you to literally break this, and that's symbolic of saying his body was broken for me, and then he's saying take it and eat. Do this in remembrance of me, so then we'll take it, and we'll eat it, and we'll move on to the cup. Luke 22:19 19 says this, and he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You can take the bread. Verse 20, it says, and likewise, the cup after they had eaten, you can get the cup ready, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. You can take the cup. Let's pray and thank God. Father, thank you again for the sacrifice of Christ. It's because Christ took our sin on the cross, but also because he rose again that we can have life. He gave us his perfection, he took our sin. Thank you, God, for what these symbols represent. And God, as we move now to continue worshiping, I pray that you would move in our hearts and in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen.